Good morning, everybody. This is Marcus Today, Members Podcast on Thursday, 29th of June. One more day left of the financial year. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. It most certainly isn't. A fabulous day yesterday, of course. We were up about 40 points. We went up on the back of the CPI number and at one point was up almost 100 points yesterday. Finished up, I think, 78 points. So a good day yesterday and obviously helped by a lower than expected CPI number. If you read Henry's section today or indeed my section, you'll understand that these CPI numbers are now monthly numbers instead of quarterly numbers. And it's a bit like, as I've described it, it's a bit like looking at daily technical signals rather than weekly technical signals. They are short-term and subject to change. So it is a volatile series now, the monthly inflation numbers. They used to be more trendy. These are more fickle. So what we gain in sentiment this month, we could easily lose next month. And energy prices are supposed to keep racking up. So what we gained this month, we could lose Just bear that in mind. But let's not worry too much about that. Let's bask in the glory of a market rally into the end of the financial year. Last week, of course, we saw four very sharp sell-offs, which seemed at odds with what Wall Street was doing. And that seems to have petered out. So if there was some big fund manager doing some selling last week, they seem to have stopped, finished it before the end of the financial year, and the markets have relaxed again. Speaking of relaxing, the US market is closed on Monday. No, not on Monday. The US market is closed on Tuesday for the July 4th holiday and will close early on Monday. So this week and next week are standard holiday weeks for a lot of Americans. And whilst the expectation is the market should do nothing in low volume, the truth of the matter is the market can move more radically in low volume than it usually does. So let's see what comes. But for the moment, I know some of you were buying SNAS, which is short NASDAQ this week or last week, in the hopes that the big tech bubble was going to burst. It's obvious from the chart at the moment that the sector has found its feet again. I'd be closing those SNASs out for the moment. I think it was worth having a trade. It did look precipitous for a moment there, but as I say, it seems to have found their feet. Maybe come back another day. But for the markets, for the moment, markets looking quite settled. And in our strategy, portfolio at the moment. We have 32% cash still in the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. Pretty happy with that. We also have a holding in the Australian REIT ETF, which is SLR. That will be helped by the CPI numbers yesterday. The RBA, by the way, which have a meeting on Tuesday, of course, the chances of the RBA not raising rates rose from 77% to 84%. It does seem at odds with a lot of the commentary. I don't know whether the RBA rate tracker really is on the ball, but it seems at odds with all the strategy calls at the moment for at least two and many strategies calling for three more rate rises in Australia, in which case the RBA should probably get on with it now. But anyway, the RBA rate tracker, you can Google it, telling us that a rate rise is very unlikely on Tuesday. If the RBA do pause, then some of the sectors that have started to bottom, in particular, consumer discretionary should carry on. And in the hope that that is the case, today I have added a couple of interest rate sensitive stocks, Harvey Norman and Adairs. Adairs a bit more ritzy, in brackets, risky than Harvey Norman, but trying to get a bit of bang for our buck. 
if you're a bit more conservative, you could try one of the less ritzy retailers, such as Harvey Norman or JB Hi-Fi. All the retailers seem to be coming off the bottom at the moment, and hopefully this will trend, especially if the RBA leave rates unchanged on Tuesday, we could get a rally. I've only stuck it in the ideas portfolio. I just can't see the market trending at the moment in any material or convincing way. It's all a bit sideways at the moment, so let's try and have a trade in the middle of the doldrums here. So adding Harvey Norman and Adairs, both of which all the retailers, maybe not all of them, but most of the retailers have fairly convincing fundamentals at the moment. Low PEs, high yields. That's not really point. They've had that whilst they've been going down. But let's just hope this interest rate vibe feeds through to the sector for a week or two and we make a couple of dollars out of those trades. So added at the open this morning. Yes, I know this podcast is coming after the open. Not really the point. We're trying to catch a trend. Let's see how we go. The other observation in the Marcus Take section this morning is the banks seem to be lifting. They're not a trading sector, but if you were going to buy CBA for a run into the results, then this might be the time. Sector bouncing off its lows. Results coming up on August the 9th for the CBA, and it usually runs the month ahead of results, which is basically now. I've put the broker stuff in a stock take box today in my section on the CBA. It just does amaze me that brokers always have target prices below the current share price on the CBA, yet they think the NAB and Westpac are cheap by comparison. Recommendations on CBA at the moment, sell underweight, hold underperform, neutral hold. And this is the bank that has massively outperformed the market and all the other banks over a long period of time. So you got to just ignore the brokers. Trading at intrinsic value at the moment. One of the most predictable earnings stocks in the market. Return on equity, a standard 12 to 13% every year. Bottom of the trading range. Quarry portfolio, okay. Quarry up 1% today. Hopeful, I've written there. BHP portfolio flatlining a bit. Recovered our recent loss at least. Hopeful there as well. Our market this morning was up 27 points at one point, which is a fairly good performance considering the futures were down five on the back of Wall Street, down 212, was it? Powell made a or made a speech just reiterating the expectation that rates are going to rise. That sort of dulled the US market a little bit. Apple hit a record high overnight. Our market up nine at the moment. Best performing sectors, technology, banks, REITs, all interest rate sensitive. Worst sectors, utilities, gold and resources just flag in a little bit today. I've done a couple of things for you today. One of them is I have been asked by one of our lovely members if I could produce a rough guide to ex-dividend dates. So I've done a bit better than that. I provided an almost exact guide to ex-dividend dates. Have a look on the homepage down the bottom on the education articles. You'll see there is a dividend date spreadsheet. Click on that. And I have published for you a spreadsheet of all the ex-dividend dates of, well, not all Australian stocks. I think it was trying to do the all odds. I've done a few hundred anyway, at least the top 200. And I've broken them out by top 50, next 50, and then the rest. But you'll find a very useful spreadsheet which will tell you when stocks one had results last year two went ex-dividend last year and three paid their dividends last year and also tells you the yield on the dividends they paid last year so what usually happens is bigger companies sensible companies 
produce results and go ex-dividend on the same day of the same week of the financial year every year. So the Commonwealth Bank went ex-dividend on a Wednesday. It had results on a Wednesday, Wednesday 10th of August, went ex-dividend 17th of August last year. Some companies have already announced their ex-dividend dates. If you really do want to know, go to their websites. Most companies have investor relations departments these days and investor centers on their websites, which almost always include a diary of events such as results, ex-dividend dates. So you can find out from the website. So this is just a record of what days they paid last year. But if Telstra or CBA, the CBA usually has results on the second week of August on a Wednesday, you can pretty much guarantee they'll do the same thing this year, although obviously the date will change a little bit because they will still do it on a Wednesday. In fact, let's just check that. CBA have already is one of the sensible companies that announces their ex-dividend or their results and ex-dividend dates in advance. So they have announced. So the spreadsheet last year was results on the 10th of August and ex-dividend that was the Wednesday and ex-dividend on the Wednesday the 17th and this year full year results they have said are going to be on the 9th of August and there you go the 9th of August is a Wednesday so they are I'm not sure what week of the financial year but if you don't know the financial year is broken up into weeks week one week two week three so they'll they'll pay on the same day of the same week so 9th of August is their results date and you can pretty much guarantee their ex-dividend date is going to be as it was last year on the Wednesday Day a week later, and let's have a look what date they're ex-dividend. Yes, they are ex-dividend on the 16th of August, which is the Wednesday the week after. So you get the idea. If you're trying to predict this year's results, look for the day of the week of the same week. So the spreadsheet I published today will allow anyone to get a very good guess of when the companies they hold are going to go ex-dividend this year and the year after and the year after. So that spreadsheet will probably stand the test of time. I take no responsibility for any inaccuracies, errors or omissions in that spreadsheet. Buyer beware. There's no guarantee the companies that paid a dividend last year on a particular day will pay a dividend at all, let alone pay it on the the same day. So as long as you understand that, when you look at that spreadsheet, hope that is helpful. The other thing I've done today is in the technical scan section, somebody, one of our lovely members, quite rightly pointed out that they got caught out. I wrote this up yesterday. They got caught out taking notice of aristocrat leisure with a sell signal in the technical scan section, which was a daily sell signal, and it was wrong to sell and they sold. And the point to make there is daily signals are very fickle, more suited to traders. Weekly signals are more suited to investors. There's a bit of fiddling about. I had to do twice as much work today. That's probably why I'm under the pump today. Twice as much work today working out how to pull all the weekly and the daily signals out. That's going to be more work every day, but that's okay. It's quite good stuff to do every day. Sets up the day. So weekly signals and daily signals split out in the technical section today. Hope you find that useful. And the main observations in the technical scan section today is these retailers bouncing. There's also a buy signal on Bank of Queensland and buy at your peril. Most of the brokers seem to like it. In fact, Audmanette has a buy recommendation target price on Bank of Queensland, 53% above the current share price. The average broker target price, 16% above the current share price. Yield at the moment, gross yield, 10.9% on the forecasts. And it's trading well below intrinsic value. Might be worth having a look. Down 20% in six months. Hmm. Little buy signal on Bank of Queensland. Another another dog of the day, Incitec Pivot also has a bit of a buy 
signal as well short term though. Average broker target price on Instech Pivot Havilligan Technical section is 22% above the current share price. Also notably, after a very shabby week, some of these stocks are seeing a bit of a buy signal. Flight Center, Cochlear, Chalice Mining, Ramsey Healthcare. Someone's asked me for a stock take on Ramsey Healthcare. Sorry, I must get to these. I've been so busy with the website. Treasury Wine Estates, Webjet, all with little daily buy signals. Investors ignore, traders only. Investors need to look at the weekly buy signals. Harvey Norman, Premier Investments, Ramsey Healthcare, Bank of Queensland. And there we go. In Henry's take today, he added Leo Lithium, LLL, to the portfolio. Recently got sold down, taking advantage of that. He also notes the volatility in the monthly inflation numbers. You can watch Osby's The Call with Henry in it by clicking on the link in his section and he looks at the retailers flirts with dominoes also getting interested in lavissa and that's about that small caps portfolio had a great day yesterday market goes up small caps go up more small caps have been a bit oversold recently all right that's about that as i leave you our market up 10 points dow futures up 45 points nasdaq futures are up again plus 0.2 percent avita one of the best performers today up 9.6 percent had a bit of a sell-off recently after it's it popped and dropped. Anyway, popping again. Temple and Webster, a retailer up 6.1%. Latin Resources up again today, 30 cents. Sold it at 17. What an idiot. And Domain Holdings, housing market, interest rate sensitive, up 4% today. And that'll do you. You have a fabulous day. We will be back tomorrow.